I wish I was like 14 again and had like a, a sponge brain like you do when you're a child and could play these games now where I'm at today. Just golf. I wish I didn't play any sports. I just golfed and played Valorant. Yeah. Just be a demon. I honestly don't think people realize like right now that who are 14 years old, how lucky they are to have a game like Valorant. Oh, certainly. Certainly. Salutations, like, my brother. Do you think a bunch of kids now are getting PCs like since the the Fortnite wave? Like, I don't know. I feel like all these kids are still ripping consoles. You know what I realize? Like, as you get older, it is hard to know what the teens are up to because you're just not around teens. Like, yeah. I don't have any friends that have teenagers. And uh, when I do, it's not like I've asked them all these questions. But I am fascinated <laughs> by, like, how they spend their time. It's like Certainly. when I was a teenager, we didn't even have an iPhone yet. You know, mm -hmm. we had a flip phone in high school if you could afford it. You know, my parents would have let me get one until I could pay for it myself. So I didn't get one until I was like a senior in high school. Or no, that's no, probably like sophomore year. Long story short, I got no idea what these teenagers are up to. Posting fucking TikToks. Smoking reefer. The devil's lettuce. How could they? Uh, we are back. Joe Callis, Joey K, Free JMO. Free JMO. Free JMO. We're back. Nateshot knows or whatever the hell we're calling this podcast, dude. How are we feeling? We are refreshed. My life has felt empty without this uh, Tuesday morning filming. I know. I've been untethered without it. Unhinged or untethered? Untethered. Just floating. I've just been floating around the office. You've been in purgatory? <laughs> yeah. But uh, No sense of time like Vegas floor? Yeah, actually. I'm not going to, like, I, I mentioned this a little bit to you, but uh, for those that don't know, Matt was out last week. Oh, yeah. Uh, enjoying some post-wedding time. Mm. Uh, honeymoon, as you some would call it. Mini moon. They got a name for everything, dude. It's a mini moon, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, the last uh, the last couple days of your mini moon. Um, try to keep myself busy first half of the week. I'm sitting in some meetings. I'm doing some work, but you know, Thursday, Friday comes around, things quiet down. I downloaded World of Warcraft, <laughs> and uh, let's just say <laughs> I really dove into it. And uh, <laughs> it was, I think, Thursday. Jesus Christ! I was like looking for my wallet. I couldn't find my wallet for like 20 minutes. I'm like, I don't even know what pants I wore yesterday. <laughs> like, I am so locked in. I had no concept of what day it was. Uh, Friday comes around. I'm like, I don't even know it was Friday. Like, my girlfriend hit me up to like hang out. I'm like, are we doing that Friday? And she's like, oh, it is Friday. I'm like, oh shit. You <laughs> went full D-Gen. Full D-Gen. Wow. Yeah, grew up World the of Warcraft, year. no pants and no sense of the day, the direction. Wow, that and no look, look at you, bro, untethered. You coming in the podcast? You basically introed this thing, damn thing yourself. It's impressive. <laughs> I'm refreshed. You're a new man. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate your guys' patience. A lot has happened in the last couple of weeks. I guess we should talk about the wedding a little bit, even though I've talked about it quite a bit just on stream and uh, with friends and family that have asked. Look, I don't know what it is or why it is the way that it is, but if you have a wedding. For some reason, all your friends just love you more and everybody's empathetic to your time and they have patience with you. I, I never realized how much people respect other people getting married. And I oh, feel yeah. like society kind of just does it because that's the way it's always been. But I have no idea. Everybody's just been so nice. And I'm like, man, I didn't realize this many people like cared about a wedding. It's crazy. I, oh, yeah. I, I don't know how to describe it other than that. And so to everybody that sent me tweets or left comments on Instagram, 
who's been watching me on YouTube for the last 14 years. It's a wild ride, and it's crazy when people send me, like, the heartfelt messages, like, dude, I was watching you when you had rats in your room sleeping on an air mattress, and now you're full-fledged adult married. So I just want to say thank you guys for riding with me as long as you have. It was a beautiful, beautiful week. We were up in Monterey. Haley playing the whole thing. Um, and we were just living in the moment as best as we could. Everybody said it would fly by, but the first two days moved kind of slow just because there's so many guests coming in and you, you want to do your best to, uh, host and say hello to everybody. I mean, if they take the time to go to a destination wedding, Mm -hmm. you want to say, uh, thank you in person, shake everybody's hand. But we had a great time with the bridal party and the groomsmen we went to the hay which is uh or hayes place it's called the hay it's at pebble beach it's like a part three course they built they got mexican food and we had the families meet there for the first time and that was sort of like the pregame going into everybody from uh the wedding party hanging out at spanish bay by the fire pits we were drinking you went on a vape run I did oh we went <laughs> We Dude. went and did that right. Oh, yeah. Well, you came back with, like, five vapes. Let me tell you guys, as somebody who quit the vape, Haley was the one that signed off on it with Joe, <laughs> yeah. which I didn't know. I went six to midnight as soon as I heard that. <laughs> and all bets were off at that point. Yeah. I swear to God, this the tent where we had the ceremony and the the shuttles, any contained area, it was like we were fucking hotboxing this place. <laughs> Dude, I saw Jackson. Jackson was like would pull his vape and then like blow it into his jacket and it was like the 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 fucking creamiest rip I've ever seen and it's just permeating all throughout the I'm like dude Jackson just cuz you blow it into your jacket doesn't mean it it's n- nobody's going to see it brother like you got to hold that in and just like gently let it go I wonder where is the vape smoke is it, is it just getting is it just being ingested by the my lung membrane that's weird. Like, where does it go? Your, uh, was it your at? Oh, God. Nah, it, that, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Let's get through the wedding because I don't want to spend the whole podcast right. talking about it. So, first couple days were great. Then we finally have the dinner to for the wedding party on Thursday. And then we have the welcome party for all the other guests right after. And we had to go do photos. And I realized, oh, like, oh, shit, I thought, you know, we've been making our friends move around come to each thing on the itinerary we've been asking a lot and i i feel like we put some good time in and then when the guests started to arrive for the welcome party i'm like holy shit we just got started oh yeah <laughs> like dude <laughs> was this a is trick. this is worse than like a, a convention i you know i'm just not good i don't enjoy the short choppy small talk conversations but i did it, it felt nice to be able to say hi to everybody and thank you and mm-hmm. it all the things that I was stressing about really just never even came into existence. It was so much fun. The family's friends, everybody showed up and delivered and made us feel so special. The ceremony was electric. I cried like a baby, even though I said that I wasn't going to. Wall just just hit a wall. Yeah. I don't know. You man. kept turning away, like hiding your tears. I'm like, it's you know, you can cry, man. Gangster right. tears, dude. Nobody <laughs> needs to see that. But uh yeah, Up I, there I with just black Air Force Ones crying. When Haley brought up my mom, bro, it was like uh the the Hoover Dam just got Oppenheimered and everything was flown through. So <laughs> everything was amazing. The wedding was better than I could have ever expected. As somebody that didn't do a lot of planning in regards to the wedding, it just blew me away. Yeah. Haley's a different breed of the way that she plans and organizes. 
the photographers were great i can't mm -hmm. wait to see what the videographer comes back with but i'm married i got a ring on mm -hmm. and i i just want to say thank you again for everybody for sending their congrats and it's been a great couple weeks i'm glad to be back in my routine though yeah certainly it was a great time also yeah what was your perception i mean <clears throat> Of course i'm biased what did you yeah. think of the wedding overall and the experience it was awesome honestly place was beautiful everywhere we went food is great drinks were great good company and then actually being in the wedding i think it was i just had my brother's wedding a couple weeks before and the thing i noticed immediately was when the rehearsal for yours was 10 minutes long i was like oh this could be great like <laughs> Two weeks ago, I'm sitting in like an hour and a half rehearsal. It was like just a nightmare in a chapel with no AC. Get to yours. What the hell were they talking about for an hour? <clears throat> What's there to rehearse? That's the church for you. That's oh, the... yeah. I forgot the priests. And they're just walking through everything, treating us like we're like in third grade, having us line up to like go to the bathroom and shit, basically. And then we get, oh, to, brother. get to yours. The lady's like, oh, yeah, I'll just tell you what to do. Just here's the people in front of you, behind you. And then from there, dove into a bloody mary at like 10 a.m yeah and this is the day we had the rehearsal dinner and then the welcome drink so i was fucking teed up you're in your bag by the time everybody got there it was uh it was a great time yeah like a two two or three day hangover just from how much drinking i ripped my pants though you did rip your <laughs> pants the ceremony uh within like five minutes so i kept the jacket on but um did it did the the tux rental service like get back to you on that were you penalized no, no they didn't say anything and then uh i had ordered an extra shirt because mine didn't fit mm. i gave my smaller one to kevin actually on the day of the wedding my brother <laughs> yeah what a piece of shit because <laughs> yeah, his was like a little small on him <laughs> but i didn't say anything about that either so shout out uh generation tux easy process hell yeah all right well wedding has been covered we did it <clears throat> well actually one thing also mm -hmm. i want to say I was blown away at how many Counter-Strike cases I saw get open that weekend. Oh, my God. <laughs> Brother, I was begging somebody to pull a knife because before the ceremony, like three hours before really the festivities started, had the, I guess this is how it's normally done. At least it's how Rich did it and Ryan did it. The two weddings that I've been to as an adult, as a groomsman, everybody comes and gets ready in the room together. So you're just hanging out, boozing, shooting the shit. And Tim... The Tatman, Ninja, and Cloaksy, they, they weren't in the wedding, but I'm like, the boys are staying at the hotel. I'm not, I don't care. Come through. And yeah. they brought their Steam decks. We opened like 600 Operation Breakout cases between all of us. And dude, I've been filming so much leading up to the wedding, uh, just trying to record and live in the moment as much as possible. I don't know what I want to do with it yet, but I just wanted to have it. And so I set up a camera for everybody to sit down, say their name, and open a couple cases. Mm -hmm. And I was hoping so badly that one would hit. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I brought, I brought my FX3, 4K, <laughs> Twitter, that moment. We would have had... We would have had some retweets. Would have been a banger. But, uh, yeah, not, not one single knife pulled. <laughs> and then, get this shit. I swear to God this is a true story. At the same time... On the other side of California, this guy, Dr. Disrespect, is streaming Counter-Strike, opening cases while we're doing it in the room. Bro opens a $20,000 knife. <laughs> at this While we're doing this in person, this guy sucked away all the luck. <laughs> Cursed that you. knife is beautiful, Cursed man. Your, Cursed your wedding case opening day. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> I, I Honestly, if there was 600 cases open in that groomsman hangout, 
I know that Tim, Tyler, and Cloak open exponentially more in their downtime. Oh, yeah. And I don't think they they got one knife. No, I don't think so. Cases are just a dangerous game, man. Every time you buy some more, you have so much optimism that mm -hmm. this is going to be the one. Yeah. These 50 cases are going to do it. Just bone dry. <laughs> yeah. Holy hell. You know what, what I really <laughs> wanted to talk about who I just feel terrible for? Bronny James. Yeah. Man, it just, when it dropped on the timeline, it, it, and, and look, I don't mean to sound as grim as the same situation, but because it's not apples to apples by any means. But it, it, when I saw it on my timeline, it took me a second for it to, like, because I saw it right when it got tweeted just randomly uh, from, what was it, Sham? Yeah, I think so. Everybody was tweeting. There was, like, five retweets on this thing. I'm like, wait, what? It reminded me of, like, when Paul Walker and Mac Miller died. Mm -hmm. It just kind of hit me, like, wait. I mean, it's not... Like, I'm this massive fan of Bronny James and been able to watch him at Sierra Cannon on you. I mean, I have watched him. I, I just want the guy to win because people doubt him so much because of his dad and say, oh, you wouldn't be going to USC. You wouldn't be scouted and recruited like this if you weren't LeBron James's son. And he just, for somebody that has grown up with arguably one of the best basketball players in the world as your father, and you have all this money and resources and pressure. The kid just seems like he handles himself like a real fucking stand-up dude. Like, he don't get involved with bullshit on Instagram and Twitter. He's not wilding out on his story. Mm -hmm. The guy just puts his head down works. He seems like the videos or the Instagram lives that I've seen when him, LeBron, and Bryce are in the driveway shooting around. He just seems like a funny kid. He's talking about going to play Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah. And, you know, we've had a back and forth, not uh, recently, but just he followed me or I followed him first, I believe, or I, I, it doesn't matter, but he knows Call of Duty is a part of phase. So I'm just rooting for the kid, man. And to hear somebody at that young of an age go through cardiac arrest while he's training, getting ready for the season at USC right down the street from us, mm -hmm. just fucking heartbreaking. And I, I, you know, obviously, I don't want to be invasive, but I'm sure the world in general is just curious. Like, do you know what caused it? And are you able to play basketball again? They just posted a video of him playing the piano and LeBron posted a photo of his family. But it, I mean, they don't owe us anything, but it would be nice to know, like, hey, is is he good? Like, mm -hmm. Or is he going to give basketball a break <laughs> for a while till they can really pin this down? Yeah, well. I know that it's also crazy. USC, I saw a report. They're like, this is the second time they've dealt with this in the last 12 months. Yeah. Which is crazy. There's that dude from Florida State a couple years ago, another guy from Florida. But the kid from USC that went into cardiac arrest the year prior made a full recovery in like six months and is playing basketball again. So we'll see. But living in L.A. selfishly, I, would, I can't wait to go to a USC game and watch him play. Yeah, I'll keep it a buck with you. I can't put myself in their shoes because I haven't experienced some level of that trauma, but I really don't know if I would pursue basketball. I mean, it's hard for me to have that perspective because I'm like 30 years old now, but if I were an 18-year-old kid and I had a heart attack and I almost died, I feel like my current state of mind, I would just be tripping at all times waiting for the ticker to stop again and I, I it just a feeling of dread and doom I don't know but I guess if you have like the best doctors in the world telling you like listen this was a one time deal mm -hmm. we're gonna monitor you we'll work on this together and get you back to where you need to be then 
I guess that could give me comfort to keep pushing forward because I'm sure the kid still wants to compete, but yeah. there's no way for us to really know like what's rattling around in his head. Yeah, I would also argue, too, that playing basketball and being in the top 1% of people in shape is probably also good for him. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like, I'm, like, sitting here debating on whether, like, go down the rabbit hole. I, I, I truly don't know if it's just the fact that we have social media now and we've never been more connected to, like, high school athletes, young kids who are competing, and it's recency bias on some of these cardiac issues or heart uh, palpy fucking heart attack, cardiac arrest. Mm-hmm. It does seem like it's happening more often, but is that just because like the blinders have been taken off and now we can see and hear everything that's happening across the country? Mm-hmm. You know, I saw like Mike Majlack uh, from Logan Paul's group. He has been like on a war path, you know, denying all of the like vaccine uh, controversies, people talking about the fact that these kids while they're developing, getting the needle and the booster, it could be affecting. I don't know, man. It's kind of when when that guy went on uh, record with the U.S. a couple U.S. government a couple weeks ago was talking about the UFOs and he he has seen creatures that aren't humans like piloting these ships. It's like at the end of the day, I, will we truly ever know what the fuck is going on in this world? Like I'm not. When we had to get the vaccine, you know, I've got. Boost, I've got, dude, I've been vaccinated since I was a kid. Like hepatitis, fucking measles, goddamn polio, they eradicated all this. It's like when the when when the scientific community is like, hey, you should do this. It's not because I don't like care about my own free will and right, whatever. I I'm like, all right, yeah, it probably makes sense. I mean, I'll just I'll do it. Mm-hmm. So with the vaccine, I'm like, all right, seems like that's the best course of action. And I, I didn't really, like, hold any resentment towards people that did not want to be vaccinated, but there was no way to have, like, a civil conversation. It was either you're aggressively getting vaccinated and getting these booster shots, and you hate the people that aren't, and you think they're ruining it for everybody else, and then the, the other side thinks, you guys are fucking insane, you're all sheep, why would you listen to the government, why would you trust them? Mm-hmm. To me, there's never been a middle ground, but I feel like I've sat in the middle, and I'm sure a lot of other people have, but you don't yeah. hear them talk about it. I don't know. Like, I just don't know. So I don't have like a strong opinion. But now that COVID isn't really impacting people dying as much anymore, I'm sure it's still happening in parts of the world, even in the U.S., older folks. I don't see a need to get any more boosters. I, I don't know if that's a bad thing to say, but that's how I feel. That Those are my rational, logical thoughts. Yeah. I like, fuck it. I don't, I don't unless there was a new strand that just started eradicating people's health and it started yeah. getting serious again, then yeah, I would consider it, but like, I don't fucking need it. So I'm not going to get another booster. I don't yeah. Know. I mean, I, I did my research too on the vaccinate, like on the vaccine, got it, had COVID like twice. Now I'm like, all right, like whatever. Bro, like, but same thing. Even then though, it's like, say you do your own research, like you go on, I, I, I don't know what's going on, man. The world is just crazy. <laughs> It's yeah, but it is kind of a weird coincidence, dude. Conspiracy. The one thing that kind of fucks me up with like the entire controversy around the vaccines is that I have had like two very close friends who were perfectly healthy their entire life, and then all of a sudden one of their adrenal glands shut down. They almost died. Like he's got Addison, just out of absolutely nowhere, a life-altering autoimmune disease. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of. I mean, that's probably a coincidence. 
but it, I don't know, piecing it together. But I'm just not informed enough to have an opinion. So it's like I don't choose a side. I, I am very uh, supportive of just like scientific initiatives. Mm -hmm. You know, like there are things that I agree with, like the right wing conservatives, but there are a whole lot of things that I disagree with as well. Like anything around like climate change and women being able to do whatever they want with their bodies around abortion, stuff like that. There's there's it's a mixed bag, but I, I don't I don't like predominantly have like uh, absolutes in one political party or another. Yeah. Uh, I just kind of like live and let live, but I don't know. Yeah. Maybe there is some correlation. Maybe we'll find speed. out in 10 years. I don't know. Something's going on with speed right now too. He's got like chronic headaches or uh, like they thought it was a sign. The doctor thought it was a sinus infection, I think. Oh, really? At the end of the day now, the other problem, though, with the vaccine being such a polarizing moment in our generation is that anytime somebody gets sick now, a lot of the people that are say you shouldn't have got the vaccine are probably going to point to it and say, hey, shouldn't have got vaccinated. It's probably why. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, there's just I'm not a doctor. I'm not qualified to know, but it, it does like as the village idiot raise a lot of questions in my mind. Who knows? Yeah. What, I don't know. Oh, it's it's way above my pay grade. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, and way above way above my mental capacity. <laughs> yeah. And that's the other thing I get frustrated by too. It's like we got people that don't know a fucking lick about medical science, just blindly saying we shouldn't take the vaccine. And then you know you fast forward a couple of years, it's like ah oh, yeah we probably didn't need to take it, but that was just a lucky like you don't fucking know. You're <laughs> yeah. just saying that because you don't trust the government, which I think is kind of fair. Yeah. Ah, it's a whole thing. Yeah. I'm not anti-vax. I got vaccinated. But I'm also like weary of what is going on in our bodies with this shit. I don't know. <laughs> Let's get off the Bronny James topic, brother. We don't know each other personally. We've had a back and forth. I'm wishing all the best for you and the family, man. You're too young to be dealing with that type of trauma. Hope you come back stronger than ever. We're mm -hmm. pulling for you. Yep. What else is going on, dude? I kind of want to talk. I, I I was sitting in the shower this morning, and I wanted to talk about Riot and the Tier 2 Valorant scene and a lot of Ludwig's posts, and there's just a whole lot of conversation going around about the franchise model, 30 teams worldwide. I feel like I haven't spent enough time immersing myself in the problems of Tier 2 and the Tier 2 scene in general to have like a super informed, well-developed opinion like you would expect from like the CEO of an esports team. Mm -hmm. You know, it's obviously different for us because we got through the right application process. <clears throat> they gave us a slot. Um, listen, man, I'll tell you what, not from a riot esports approach perspective, and this could sound a little out of left field. I still do believe that, MLG back in the day with Call of Duty handled like tier one and tier two, tier two teams the best. Mm -hmm. So what would happen was you'd have five events a year. There'd be 12 teams that would be guaranteed pool play leading into the tournament. So you would start on Thursday mm -hmm. and you would have four teams in each pool and the remaining fourth team or maybe it was the other way around. I think there were 16 teams total in pool play. And then five teams would come out of open bracket 
and then they would slot in to pool play if they make it through open bracket. So all the pool play teams would play each other, and then by Friday, you would play that last team, and then whoever had the best record out of pool play would then go into winner's bracket, and then the bottom three teams would either be eliminated or go into loser's bracket, and that's how you would get to what we have today in Call of Duty in the CDL. Like on the first day of, mm-hmm. of of tournament, you have winners and losers, and they all fight it out. And they're just doing they're doing that via online like qualifiers. Well, you would have now, online right? qualifiers to earn enough like pro points, and all four players that were on each team, based on the cumulative pro points, that would yeah guarantee you uh, that pool play spot, winners bracket yeah. type beat. Okay. And listen, I don't know what the right solution is for tier two. I do think that for me, like for somebody like Ludwig coming into VCT, I can understand his frustration when he's involved with Moist and people like Toast with his team spend a bunch of money. You don't ever know if it's actually going to make you uh, make you a profit or get you into the league like you're hoping for. But what I will say to them, I think they they do have at least from the way that they've handled themselves on social so far, not so much toast, but Ludwig in the last couple of days where I, I, I think he needs to work on his language a little bit. He's like, I have been personally pushing for like relegation and the, the guard and they're going to beat, they're capable of beating all these tier one teams that are in the league. And then the clock, the clock's going to strike midnight and there's going to be a Cinderella moment. And then we're going to say goodbye. Rather to be honest with you, it's kind of just the nature of what Riot has been doing with League of Legends for the last, like, five years that we've been a part of the LCS. And mm-hmm. they had a little bit more of a, a bounty, like, eat-what-you-kill mentality in the earlier days of LCS. There was relegation, yada, yada, yada. But if Riot has taken, like, a tried-and-true model and then pivoted to the franchise model, they had to do that for a reason. Now, whether that was a good decision or not, I don't know if I'm capable of giving you the right answer because I just didn't pay attention to the LCS all that much before we got into the franchising system. But mm-hmm. we did work very hard and spent a lot of time working on a relationship with Riot, proving to them that we could be a great partner for their league. And there was a lot of work that had been done prior to even anything regarding Valorant. And so I, I, I think it's tough for somebody like Ludwig who for all things considered, can bring a lot of attention to the Tier 2 scene and can bring a lot of attention to competitive Valorant. Somebody who has a following that big, interested in Valorant esports, that as a whole is a very good thing for the competitive Valorant community. Mm-hmm. And for Riot's ecosystem, everybody wins. Tides raises all ships. But at the same time, you know, you can't come in here uh, like a, a bull in a china shop on social and expect like Riot, a company that's been around for the last like 15 years in esports, and expect them to like just bend at the knee because you think the system that they have is not set up correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I actually don't think a lot of creators realize how territorial like companies like Activision and Riot can be. You know, they keep their cards pretty close to their chest. And again, we don't know why they make certain decisions, but they have to be doing it for a reason internally. And so I, I just think Ludwig, in my personal opinion, needs to slow his role a little bit. And, you know, for him, I'm sure if if I really, like, dive deep into the psychology of what he's thinking, it's like there's no harm, no foul for him. He he can be, like, the white knight for the Tier 2, season, tier two uh, scene. 
everybody's kind of rallying around uh, the unfair treatment that they think they're getting. So he's kind of like the hero and there's really no downside for him uh, trying to be like the force for good. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, it sucks to say, but it's just not the way the world works in the situation that we're in with Riot and esports in general. We're, we're all beholden to Riot. Too, yeah. Where it's like, if they want to put their foot down and close that door, they very easily can. I mean, you saw it with like the player walk out for LCS. They're like, yeah, we're just going to cancel the season if you guys don't play. Like, Exactly, bro. And know. this is the tough part about esports is at the end of the day, we're playing their game. Mm-hmm. All right? we your, your career, not Ludwig, but the careers of the players, and they could probably go do Counter-Strike. They go play another game, but the answer still comes back to the same place. You are making a living and building a career off their IP, mm-hmm. and you have to play in the sandbox that they put walls around. That's just how, that's just how it is. Yeah. Sometimes it's not fair. Other times it is, but... If they're trying to find financial stability, I think the franchise system does make a lot of sense in some regard or another in, in a lot of different facets, but it's certainly not perfect. I just think that everybody just needs to be a little bit more patient, and it's easy for me to sit that uh, say that up sitting with a partnered Valorant team, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, we've been... It's a very, it's a very, uh, not convoluted. I don't want to use a negative, like, connotation around that word. It's it's just a very intricate, complex, structured league. You've Mm -hmm. got the dynamic of the teams that have been putting their best foot forward, spending a ton of money, did the application, been a part of the LCS. Some of them have, some of them haven't. You're dealing with a lot of people at Riot. Some that you talk to don't have the level of, like, pull within the company internally. Then you've got the executives who have wildly different initiatives, and esports is just one component of their business. There's just so many layers of relationships. You just can't expect these things to happen overnight. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it will get better. But, yeah, I mean, there's 30 teams worldwide. Do I think that... America, like the U.S., should have only five teams? Probably not, but that's what they're doing right now, and I don't think it's perfect, and it needs to get better, but uh, there needs to be patience and really, I don't want to say, like, understanding your place in the stars, but as somebody who's had his head, or I've been behind the scenes now, like, I understand why Ludwig is doing what he's doing, Mm -hmm. and I think he does mean well, but we've got a lot of people in here that have been putting in a lot of time, spending a ton of fucking money yeah, looking for stability, trying to be a good part of the riot. You can't just come in just because you got excited about Valorant in the last mm-hmm. year and a half and expect them to just like open the doors, yeah. open the pearly gates and let everybody in. Yeah. And that's fucked <laughs> up in itself, but it's just the way we are living in this world today. Mm-hmm. Like Toast talking about losing a million dollars on this Valorant team. I'm like, it's rookie numbers. Like, yeah, welcome, brother. Welcome to the show. <laughs> welcome to the fucking show. <laughs> like, get like strap in. Like this is how it is. Like this is esports. But yeah. also, I mean, also, I think what's really interesting is like, I didn't see Ludwig's tweets on the guard, but obviously, like how talented they are and the run they made prior to franchising and what they just did too in the tier two scene. Like, the applications are long as fuck. Like, bro, we spent months on ours. Like, they dive in fucking pages, dude. They dive into like every part of your business, and I think it's just very interesting also to see that a team like the Guard didn't get in, 
phase didn't get in. Two optic set, didn't get in. And now I, I can't speak for optic in this case, but like looking at the guard, they didn't get in. Look what happened to them like six months later. Like that business blew up, you know? And it's like, is that well, I guess you could probably argue that to play devil's advocate. I mean, the guard is backed by the Kroenke family. These guys are the golden ticket in traditional sports, dude. Yeah. The Colorado Avalanche, the L.A. Rams. They, they, I mean, bro, they've got teams. Nuggets, I think. Yeah, the Nuggets. They're part of, I think, Arsenal or mm -hmm. one of the Premier League teams. I don't know, you know, European yeah. football that well, but. Something had to be wrong in their application process for them to say goodbye. But I will say, if there were more than five slots allocated to just the USA, teams like the Guard and FaZe and Optic, I would have loved for them to be a part of it. Like, yeah. if I had it my way, all three of those teams would have definitely been in this league, just, just from namesake alone. But, mm. I mean, but something had to be wrong in the application process for them to not take a bet on optic that's the biggest that's crazy that one jarring glaring one to me yeah but aside from that like if you're if you're ludwig if you're moist if you're dsg like you know i think it's reasonable to assume that ride is going to be a little hesitant on letting you into tier one given that you just came in for a year you have really no business built around esports other than like your own personal financials and it's like okay, is this team going to be around for the next 15 years? Like, is this a team that's sustainable, that can, like, consistently be here, that's not going to have to drop out or sell their spot? Like, you know, as a bystander. Yeah, hey, a, listen, I don't know, think their expectation no. is to be a part of, like, the partnered league, but you just have to understand that there's been, like, 20 years of esports that has come before you, mm -hmm. and you got to – you got to put the time in too. No matter what level of following you have, whether you think it's a bad decision out of Riot's part or not, or whatever league that you're trying to be a part of, like I, I just think they're in a situation where they they do have so much influence and can use it to raise the tide for all ships. Mm -hmm. But it's just, I mean, you got to be you got to be in the mix for a while. You can't just expect things happen overnight because of what you bring to the yeah. table from a from an engagement perspective. Mm -hmm. Although that might sound ass backwards, yeah, got to be patient, man. Mm -hmm. You got to put the time in, dude. Shout out, Ninja. <laughs> yeah. For context, too, we can put this before. Can you just quickly break down like what is going on, like the the reason people are like up in arms right now? Well, I mean, my best guess, I I said at the beginning, I prefaced everything with I'm not as well informed on you know the frustrations from tier two but i think the idea of teams like m80 and the guard and a lot of these players that were making a lot of noise in the qualifiers uh from last year before the league actually existed there's just so much talent in north america and they have not had an opportunity to shine uh in the way that the franchise league has been structured there's just too many good players that are out of jobs mm -hmm. that are fighting for their lives in tier two and there's not enough opportunities in tier two for them to really make a name for themselves build a career have sustainability as a professional valorant player and th there are a ton of parts that i agree with bro i mean even as a partner team i know that we played nine matches nine best of threes mm -hmm. that certainly in a vacuum, in some vacuum or another, is plenty of time to prove if your team is good enough or not to be going to the World Championship or Tokyo or any of these 
big regional events that they do for all the teams throughout the year. But it does feel like I do have a sour taste in my mouth that it, we are now we were out of all of Valorant competitively in July. Yeah. And I feel like we didn't even fucking play. Yeah. Like, I, it's ignorant. We, we, we did not stack up well in those best threes. But to have our season over and done with in July is fucking insane to me. Mm-hmm. When we had, like, a, a, a couple months of gaps in how we were playing because, like, you have the regular season, then you lead it up to, again, I think it was Tokyo. Mm-hmm. We had Brazil at the beginning of the year, but bro, you could have lost one best of three and went home. Yeah. I mean, I just don't think there's been enough opportunities to play. Yeah. And logistically, like when I brought up Major League Gaming, I really loved the constant competition. You would have the qualifiers for the pro points. We would do 2Ks and 5Ks on Saturdays and Sundays. You had to play in those to keep stacking up your pro points. You had five events a year. You got to compete at all times. And if you were a tier two, tier three, even, bro, you we could have taken everybody in this room and just bought a fucking ticket to go play. You'd have 256 teams in open bracket. And you had those Cinderella stories, dude. You could show up on any given tournament weekend with no pro points to your name. And if you're the best, you can be in the grand finals. Yeah. I mean, logistically... It was probably incredibly expensive going to city to city, the setup, the production, everything. So there's probably a reason that doesn't happen anymore. But I still do believe that for the tier two teams, there needs to be more opportunity for them to be playing with the best of the best. I don't know what the right solution is. That's above my ability to organize and put things together well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Who tier two, thought? a lot of these players just feel slighted that they haven't had opportunities. Yeah, fair enough. And it's a lose-lose situation for Riot, too, because, you know, you had, like, their head of Valorant Esports, like, taking a lot of heat. But that's another story. Mm-hmm. I think he's trying his best. There's things that Riot has done that I agree with. There's things that they haven't. But I don't know, man. I feel like I've just been long around long enough to know that, like – you know, things just don't happen overnight and you're at the will of somebody else's company and you just got to be comfortable with that risk. Mm-hmm. But overall, having Ludwig and Disguised Toast be a part of Valorant, I think is, again, a good thing. Yeah. I'm really curious if Toast spent like a million dollars of his real money. I, I, like, is there, does he not have a partner that is backing uh, some of that funding? Like, I want to know, did over a million dollars over the course of the, like the last six months, just liquid come out of his bank account. If you didn't own hundred T would you burn a million dollars on a team call of duty or Valorant or whatever? I mean, if I, if I was Ninja, <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah. to be honest with you, bro, I didn't really have many plans to get back into esports after I retired, bro. Like, I did the rat race. I was doing YouTube. Like, 100 Thieves was supposed to be an apparel company. Mm-hmm. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. There's a lot of good things to come with on an organization. There's a lot of bad things, a reputation. It's just, I think the, the younger demographic, they just don't like companies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, creators have all the power. You know, they get to control every narrative. There are less people impacted by the decisions that they make, if any at all, besides the people in, in their community. Mm-hmm. It's just really hard to be an organization uh, in this day and age. Um, 
but individually no i don't i would never take the risk of like burning a million dollars with no promise that it's going to lead to something good yeah i think that's fair to say i think i would be more <laughs> calculated with what my approach would be mm -hmm. and it's weird too because like ludwig and toast spent the last couple of years and i may and maybe i'm confusing them with other people like just from what i think is like not offline tv just uh, the new age Twitch streamer, YouTube creator that I'm just not familiar with. I just remember having so much, not resentment, just feeling discouraged by the amount of poking fun at esports teams. I'm like, man, you know, I've been in your shoes before. Like, I understand the pessimism. And a lot of times, like, people will tweet things because they know the community will be behind them and they'll think it's funny and it's an opportunity to get engagement. But I do remember like toast and maybe it was just Ludwig specifically making comments like backhanded comments about how stupid esports actually is. And then like a couple years later, they're both involved with it because it's fun, you know, having a team to root for and you're investing in, it is fun. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing is just, kind of bizarre to me but i don't have all my facts and all the stories straight this is just how i feel yeah <clears throat> i wish them all the best i mean the more eyes on esports the better but you got to know your place in the stars and just be patient wait for the next opportunity just another chapter in the saga of come <laughs> come town <laughs> what are you gonna say tanner's already laughing over there before we finish it's another chapter in the saga of, you know, shit being lit on fire right now in the esports space. Bro, it's honestly like <laughs> we might cut that entire thing because that, it's how I feel. But I just know with like Mogul Mail and these videos that Ludwig makes, this guy is clearly in the mix with Tier 2 and knows it very well. I'll probably get torn to shreds in one of his fucking videos. But then I guess we can make a comeback video. <laughs> Cause I, I cause w what happened with, uh, like back in the day we had that the whole frosty debacle yeah. and, and, and Ludwig made some comments about how terrible it was. I saw him in person. Cause I, I do have a lot of respect for him. I'm like, had a couple drinks with me. I'm like, dude, I'll, I'll come on the show and debate it. Like, I don't think you understand the context of our relationship with the mob. Mm -hmm. And the, the, we kind of let that dust settle, uh, I feel like over the course of the last six years, we made as many good decisions as we can. And sometimes people get away or are impacted by those good decisions, but that's just, or bad decisions. It's just business, man. Like you cannot please everybody, whether mm -hmm. that's an employee that works at 100 Thieves, whether it's a fan that buys our apparel, whether it's a player or a GM that manages our rosters. At the end of the day, bro, business is not easy. And I, I know the conversations that we have behind closed doors. There's not anybody here that is like out to get somebody or take advantage of like an 18 year old kid. Mm -hmm. Like if there was somebody like that here, we'll show them the fucking door. We'd sniff that out quick. I just, I don't know. I feel just, a, it's not, again, not resentment, but I'm like, man, you guys have spent so much time with me the last like 14 years, dude. You guys think that, all of a sudden, when I've already been pretty successful in uh, the creator space, that I'm going to start a business to, to prey on kids and, like, fuck everything up for them when they were in the same shoes as me. Like, how fucking evil 
do you think I am when I'm spending eight hours on stream and on YouTube? Like, you think I'm that good of an actor? <laughs> Let could me be. tell you, I'm fucking not. There's a lot of other things you could be doing, too. Yeah, but I don't want to make it sound like, oh, I don't need to be doing this, but. Yeah, no, but, I mean, it's uh, certainly not everybody's cut out for esports, so, in that context. Yeah. What else is going on? Uh, you want to talk about Oppenheimer? Sure. All right. Oppenheimer. No spoilers, though. All right. We can't. Listen. I don't know. I'm a just month said, after Oppenheimer, mate, but this is a very unique situation. Like, if a movie came out, I'd give people, like, a month before I start talking about it on stream. We'll just give it a grade. Okay. Just, but I want to finish this thought. Okay. Oppenheimer, people are trying to see it in 70 millimeter IMAX. Like, a lot of people are waiting to see it in the right way. So... It's like unprecedented territory that we're in. Theaters are booked up through August. Exactly. Yeah. So as somebody that loves Interstellar, The Dark Knight, a lot of movies that Christopher Nolan's made, and when the reviews finally came out for Oppenheimer, the first wave of reviews, I was I was jacked up. Mm -hmm. I was people are talking about like this is Magnum Opus, like this is the best movie Christopher Nolan's ever made. And before I saw it, I talked to you. You said oh, it was a good movie. And you could speak your piece, but when I saw it, that's exactly how I felt. I'm like, I don't think this is my favorite Christopher Nolan movie, but it is a great movie. Yeah. It was an easy three-hour watch. I don't think it has a ton of replayability. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know how many times I'll rewatch that movie again. But it was a wild ride the entire time. Like, the the soundtrack, the the, the subtle audio cues they would have to... Just make you feel anxious and feel the the race that they were in. So I would give it an 8.2 out of 10. Okay. it's a good grade. What about you? Yeah, I went into it with my expectation being like it's going to be my favorite movie of all time because I was just so hyped for it. And again, it was really good, but my expectation for Christopher Nolan on everything is so high. And yeah, Interstellar, Inception... Um, it felt given that it was like a historical occurrence, it was it felt more of like uh like a commentary, like a biopic than like a, a movie where it's just like I won't say any more than that actually, but I would give it like a like a I don't want to give it anywhere in the sevens because a C is kinda harsh. I give it an eight point one. Okay, so we're right around the same place. Yeah. Yeah, like and it was I, good. I respect your perspective on movies as well, so I think that's a good score. 8.1, 8.2. It was good, but it wasn't, like, life-changing. And I talked to a couple people who were like, oh, this thing, like, every little piece, like, mattered and it came back into play. I'm like, well, that's every Christopher Nolan movie. <laughs> like, yeah. Everything they say, they're just teeing you up for something later down the road. Yeah. Like, but, yeah, the acting was phenomenal. I think Killian Murphy's probably going to win an award. I think Robert Downey Jr. should Robert as well. Robert Downey Jr. was crazy i didn't even know that was gary oldman playing uh truman i don't know if you knew that oh my god yeah i had no idea that's fucking very immersive cast then yeah i mean that had everybody i actually thought uh you know he didn't have an opportunity to have the same range but i thought matt damon was great too oh matt damon was awesome do you know who sean avery is i thought you showed me a photo i might be able to know i isn't sean avery like the fucking the coach of the Dallas Mavericks at one point. He was a hockey guy. Was he? He was at Barstool, Jen, right? 
friend of. Um, but he was doing he, he kind of blew up as a personality on the internet, like a tough hockey guy, and would just like it's commentary, or whatever. But he was in the movie. <laughs> like I was like, what the fuck is Sean Avery doing here? What did he do? What? He was uh he was like in the barracks before the they test the bomb. Oh yeah, and then they randomly had Josh Peck in there. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? Why? Yeah. Why is why? I don't think he said a word either. Yeah, one of the Safety brothers was in it too. He was like the foreign scientist. Really, the directors. I don't know that um, until after, but yeah, it was a solid movie. Definitely go see it. But um, I loved Barbie. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I heard it's great though. Jen, did you see it yesterday? You seen it this week? Tomorrow. Okay, I keep forgetting. She said it like four times to me. <laughs> Barbie uh, was incredible. Yeah. I won't say anything more because if I said what I wanted to say, it might spoil something. So I'm going to save everybody. It was incredible. Mark Robbie, uh, 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 Ryan Gosling were fucking incredible. I'm a big, I'm a big. The woman Gosling, that played yeah. Weird Barbie, whatever her name was, I, 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 she's, she's just like a, a very funny comedian. Mm -hmm. uh, I forget her name. She was hilarious. Yeah. Bro, I didn't know oh. Will Ferrell was gonna pop up. Like Barbie was electric. I'm gonna wear. Uh, I'm wearing my drive jacket to go see Barbie. Yeah, <laughs> let her re remind everybody who Gosling really is. Bro, Sigma. It, yeah, I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> it it was bizarre for me because I went to a movie theater that I hadn't uh, lived next to for like four years in my old apartment. And for anybody that doesn't know, like Playa Vista is a newly built city in the last like 15 years in L.A. Mm -hmm. When we won, when we came here to L.A. for COD XP back in 2011, it was all just like marsh and prairie. They had like two airport hangars uh, that were used back in the day. And we played in one of the airport hangars. I come back and there were some apartments that had been built out a little bit. But then they turned it into like a full fledged like suburban city you know you got a whole foods you've got <laughs> starbucks chase bank restaurants and you've got you know cookie cutter homes but great apartments great facilities tsm's offices were over there you had like full screen facebook google everything but when i would go to this movie theater when i lived there for four years dude it was a ghost town you go there, you feel like you own the place, man. It was awesome. You know, probably not great for the Cinemark business, but for my <laughs> experience, like sometimes, bro, I just go there, buy a movie theater popcorn, and go home. Oh, that's elite. Brother, it was truly. <laughs> it's so elite. That's such a veteran move. Yeah. Oh, for sure, dude. Get an icy and just be back on my way. Oh, my God. But that theater was a fucking zoo, bro. I, I have never, bro. I, I had a, a windy line out of the concession stand. I've never seen that theater with that many people. It was crazy. Dude, that's the thing, too, that, I mean, we're talking about how, like, all these theaters are booked up to see Oppenheimer. I never really thought about the fact of how much of a pain in the ass it is to go see a movie in Los Angeles. I'm like, oh, shit, I guess we're kind of at the center of, like, the movie industry right now. Yeah. But every time, Spider-Man, Oppenheimer, I'm waiting in line for 30 minutes to get some popcorn. I'm mi I've missed the trailers. The last two movies I've seen, I'm like, God god damn it like, like i haven't seen any of this shit i haven't seen the new dune trailer like on the big screen yet like yeah bro i'll tell you what that dune trailer kind of pissed me off <laughs> really? it just showed me too much <laughs> dude i feel like i have battled with myself not to read the fucking books mm -hmm. because it's like for me the books were in the movies exactly you know it's like if you read manga you don't you'll get ahead and when the anime is finally animated you're like, fuck yeah, let's go. Get to see it. Sometimes they add some new stuff. Sometimes they miss, and it's not great. Mm -hmm. But 
since I started with anime first, unless I really want to know and I can't hold myself back, I'll go read the manga. So with Dune, I'm like, man, my first experience, never read the book. First movie might be one of my favorites in the last like 10 years. Dune, the original Dune that they made was unbelievable. I waited this long. I'm not reading that fucking book. And then so when they show me this trailer, I'm like, yo, I don't know what's going to happen. And I keep having these theories in my head that Mm -hmm. Timothy Chalamet is not the chosen one, yada, yada, yada. I don't know. But they just showed me a lot in the trailer. He's fucking riding around on the big-ass worms and shit. It just showed me too much. But I'm still pumped to see it. November. Yeah, I'm excited. Wake me up when September ends, dude. And then October so we can get to November. Books. (laughs) Books. <laughs> Still actually working my way through the Harry Potter series. We're talking about it. With, uh, oh my god, Harry! <laughs> you must <laughs> the Horcrux. It's in my ass, Harry. There's one last Horcrux. <laughs> it's my sphincter. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to stick the elder one in my ass, <laughs> in my arse, <laughs> Professor. <laughs> uh, but I don't even know, dude. I'm not. I, I was Toby about to... wants to talk. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Get that wand out of my ass <laughs> Hagrid <laughs> I didn't know you were this thick <laughs> Why is the bird watching us? <laughs> Did you put your name in the corporate file? Holy shit I don't All think right. they picked the right actor for Dumbledore The first one was so gentle and so sweet And then all of a sudden yeah, This guy what, what was this guy's name that played new Dumbledore? <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, I didn't read the fucking books. Like, I, the only way I was going to do it is I could do it my way. He just ruined Dumbledore. Yeah, he kind of made Dumbledore seem like He, an like, asshole. grabbed Harry's neck with the fucking <laughs> champions. What was it? The Goblet of Fire. Did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Like, dude. Chill. You're an old-ass wizard, bro. You should be knowing what's going on. Bro, this guy, <laughs> Harry, in the Sorcerer's Stone, goes down into the depths of Hogwarts and basically slays out Dumbledore, or slays out Voldemort. He's twelve. Yeah, and and and, and Dumbledore at the end, it's just like a hundred points. Yeah, Harry, you're the you're the man. Just so nice to him. And then this guy, he got two schools come in. He put he didn't even put his name in this thing. And Dumbledore is all of a sudden manic. It's an analogy for corporate greed. I did not like some of the director's switch ups and some of the decisions they made. Well, that's okay. All right, I'll get back to my point. I actually haven't read so. <laughs> Haven't read Deathly Hollows yet, mm. but mm. what I hear, I've only read through the Half Blood Prince. That was great. The adaptations were great. This is where books are better than movies. Supposedly, correct me if I'm wrong for anybody in here that's read the books, but I've been told that uh, what's his fucking name, Neville Longbottom, mm-hmm. pulls out when he pulls out the sword of Gryffindor in front of Voldemort. Supposedly, what happens in the books is, like, Voldemort scoffs at him, sends Nagini to go kill him, and then right there on the spot is when Neville kills Nagini, like, in front of Voldemort, and then Harry, like, wakes up, and then the shit starts. And I'm like, that would be so fucking cool. What happened in the movie? They killed Nagini, I think. He killed Nagini when he was about to, like, she was about to, like, eat Hermione in, like, the middle of the battle on the stairs, like, in Hogwarts. Uh. He just makes his, like, speech, and then Harry comes alive, and it's, like, shocked. I get but, it. I, I mean, everybody said, like, the, the the I think they did a very good job with the movies, but 99% of the time, everybody that reads books is like, they could have done better. I read it. It's like this show, Foundations, bro. I didn't know it was a book. 
just because I'm uncultured. And I love the first season of the show on Apple+. Plus. Mm. I think it might be one of my favorite sci-fi shows I've ever watched. And I'm watching yeah. season two. Apparently, the, the, the book club, they fucking hate it. They're like, this show sucks. They ruined yeah. it. And I get it, man. Like, if you have... When you read a book, you just create the voice of the characters in your head, the way that they look, the mm -hmm. way that the set is designed. You like that's the beautiful thing. Like you're imagining it, and so when it if they don't meet your mark on like the way that they cast or the way that they explain a chapter of the book mm -hmm. through the TV show, I get that. But yeah. hey, man, like maybe it pays not to read no more. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm not getting no more fucking Pizza Hut coupons for uh, got it being a bookworm in, in grade school. <laughs> yeah. You read 100 books and you collect 100 cereal tops and we get a pizza a day. Fuck you, dude. I'm not reading no books. <laughs> yeah. I got my own money now. I just go to Pizza Hut and buy that shit. <laughs> yeah. Target Pizza Hut. It was pretty cool, though. Shit slaps. Um, here's a curveball for you. Mm. Happened a couple weeks ago. Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard got approved by the Federal Trade Commission. Oh, yeah. What do we think is going to happen with Activision Blizzard? I don't fucking know, bro. That's <laughs> way above my pay grade. Bro, I don't think anybody at any of these companies knows what's going on. Okay, here's bro, the companies like Activision has so many fucking departments, so many layers, so many employees, so many executives that all have different initiatives and goals. It it, it it they just expanded in every direction and now it's like uh the fucking lifeblood of act it's it's almost like it's making decisions for itself. Here's a segue. I don't know how you get anything done there. Here's a segue for you. Mm -hmm. Activision, I just remembered it now talking about it. They laid off a bunch of people in the esports division, the shit going on with the Overwatch League. Yeah. What's you got any scoops on COD? No, nah, man, I don't have any scoops on COD, to be honest with you, bro. Like, I know this sounds terrible as the CEO of 100 Thieves, but, again, going back to the conversation we had about Valorant, no matter what you say internally, no matter what you do at the owners' meetings, which I have not gone to in the last two years, I went to all the owners' meetings for LCS, and it's just a bunch of old traditional money upset with how Riot's handling their decisions and how they're monetizing the league and... You guys aren't protecting our investment, yada, yada, yada. Bro, it's just meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting of people saying and speaking their piece, and nothing ever changes. You're at the will of 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 of, of Riot and Activision. Mm -hmm. And again, sometimes they do great things, and sometimes they make bad decisions. That's just the way the world works. But no matter what I do, if I poke and prod and scoff and yell or go out publicly... Nothing ever changes, dude. And then all of a sudden, I I, I either have 50% of people that love me and 50% of people hate me. I'm kind of just fatigued by the entire ecosystem where I just... It's not that I don't care. I do care very strongly, but I've just seen too much. And I know that it's just wasted energy mm -hmm. to stress myself out about it. Yeah. Call of Duty, at the end of the day... The teams, the rosters, the the offseason, people are still interested in it. As long as we have asses and seats and people still watching, that's all I can ask for. Great. Optic Kenny got announced and Faze Draza. Oh, oh <laughs> dude, let's fucking go. Turn up dude, the heat, I baby. can't wait to see everybody flip the script. <laughs> this guy Kenny's going to clutch like a 1v3, round 11, game 5, win him a fucking... Grand finals and all the people that hated Kenny over the years be like, yeah, why, why some more, dude? 
Oh, bro. I don't know if people will love Draza the same way if FaZe wins, but I'm rooting for those guys, man. Envoy with Toronto. Mm -hmm. I, I want the best for them, man, because I really did believe that when we started LA Thieves, some people that followed me while I was op Optic would, like, port over and support the team, and they did. We sold a lot of apparel. Like, fans were on our side for certain iterations of the team over the years, but never even came close to the level of support that I thought we would have. And mm -hmm. it just goes to show you how strong, like, the Optic lineage actually is and the, the fandom. And, dude, again, one of those things where, like, I wouldn't even say my ego, but when you have that many people gassing you up and you have that many people following you for so long, you I, you would think that people would come over to LA Thieves in a small percentage. And, they, again, they did, but... It's never the level of which I experienced at Optic. And Optic is just a fan favorite. And it's like, if you grow up with a team, that's your favorite. You don't ever really waver. So yeah. I get why that happens. But I felt bad for the players because they didn't get to experience the level of success and love and, and, and camaraderie from the community that they deserved. Do I think that the players could have handled themselves better when they were not even winning, but just how they handle themselves online, whether they're streaming or tweeting. Sure. Like did Draza and Kenny and Octane and Envoy at every turn of the corner do the things that I would have done? Absolutely fucking not, bro. Mm -hmm. Like I would have played the part a little bit, try to be a nice guy. And uh, they were nice guys. I don't, I don't know how to say how I feel, but there are just like certain situations they'd be on stage. I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have said that, but you know, let's let them rock. They're fucking winning. Who cares, dude? They got to yeah. live their own life. They're not me. I'm not them. Yeah. But I, I, I'm excited for like somebody like Kenny, who's been winning for a long time and has gotten a lot of flack over the years, things that I don't think he deserves to now be in the good graces of a community. And I hope they can win because it just takes one time for them to turn around the opinion of Kenny. Yeah. And Draza, dude, that team's going to be fucking dangerous, bro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Simp, Abizi, Draza, and Selium. Holy shit. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see. It's going to be fun to watch, bro. Yeah. And our team that hasn't been announced yet, obviously, like, not the same curb appeal as our world championship roster, but all four of these guys are very good in their own way. Mm -hmm. And I think they'll be able to compete, man. If the yeah. coaches can bring them together, the talent from, like, just the eye test, we might not have what people perceive today as like the simp and abizis and the fucking dashies and yada, yada, yada. But these are four very good fucking players. Good enough yeah. to be on one of the 12 teams in this league. Crazier things have happened. Yeah. I'm excited. The narratives are already, already building out. Dude. And to be honest with you, just for my own and everybody here at LA thieves and hundred thieves, it'll be fun to not have like the pressure and the disappointment of losing. Like mm -hmm. we're going to be the underdog again. And I love that. Yeah, being an underdog is great because the better you get, just that much more upside. Because nobody really expected you guys to win in a league that has these stacked rosters. Yeah, 100%. so it'll be fun. It'll be really fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Take the edge off a little bit, man. You know, like just six years of doing this just feels like a rat race. Like you're only as good as your last win, and people got a quick, quick trigger on the memory, short term. Yeah. We tried to do our best with all these rosters, and things are going to change a little bit, but we're going to be here, and that's what matters. We're going to be around for, for a while, hopefully. Look, they got Will Smith and Men in Black just 
fucking zapping them. Oh, hell, hell yeah, win. dude. <laughs> oh, yo. Okay, so two things. What time is it? 9.20? Oh, we're late. <laughs> Valorant uh, update meeting. We gotta. I got to go do that. Two things I want to talk about. If you had to pick uh, 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 an actor with their what that means their can. full breath breath how do you say it breath breath yeah like every single movie they've ever been in which actor or actress would you pick to like save the world in an alien invasion would they just save it by their acting ability <laughs> imagine that they're a superhero that can turn into any character that they have played before. Like Will Smith can be Hancock, or it could be oh. Men in Black, or Arnold Schwarzenegger could be the Terminator, or he could be this Netflix like CIA agent he just did. Like, what actor do you think has the most well-rounded film? Oh, they can just pick depot. And- they can they can just like uh, they're like Ben Ten where they switch into different. Exactly, characters. bro. I think it has to actually be Will Smith. Men in Black. Hancock, Independence Day, fucking Deadeye or whatever he was in Suicide Squad. Like, bro, I think Will Smith or The Rock. I mean, or you could just pick, like, Chris Hemsworth and he could be Thor and kill all of them. <laughs> or yeah, Superman. But, I mean, Thor could not fend off Thanos by himself. Well, You're thinking about it too literally. Just Would you just fucking humor me here? <laughs> Uh, or shit, maybe Matt Damon, dude. Goodwill <laughs> Hunting is a genius, and then fucking yeah. Born Identity. <laughs> Matt, they're like Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt challenges him to a Rochambeau of math problems, and if the aliens can't figure out the math problem on the chalkboard, then we win. Nice. Uh, huh. I'll let you think about it. I'm gonna give you one last prompt because we do got to call this soon. Wait, are you talking about the meeting on your calendar? Yeah, it's at ten. Oh, great. Yeah. All right, you think about that. Let me go take a piss. The other okay. one that I want to bring up that I'm not sure, like, Tanner, you can correct me. Well, you might have been here for it. Actually, you should know, but I don't think your memory is great correctly. like mine. When I went on my golfing trip to Bandon Dunes, mm-hmm. we sat down at a table for dinner, and we started talking about LeBron James and just athletes in general. LeBron James? And I've seen this conversation on social so many times, so I felt very well-equipped to have this argument. The three guys are... Three very successful men, very good golfers, very smart individuals, bro. And I told them, like, prime LeBron James just might be the greatest athlete that the world has ever seen. I know you got, like, Deion Sanders, Bo Jackson, a lot of other names you could throw into the hat. Mm -hmm. But prime time, Cavs, Miami Heat, like, LeBron James at his physical peak he could go play any sport. If he played any sport since the day he was born, the way that he did with basketball, he'd bar none be the best player in any sport that he ever played. Agreed. And they brought up, like, tennis. They're like, oh, he doesn't have lateral speed. Bro, I felt... No, dude. <laughs> I, I, I I felt like I was... I'm like, dude, I'm tizzed out right now because... I'm genuinely getting upset by all three of these guys not agreeing with me. And I'm not saying like my opinion is absolute, but bro, if you don't think that LeBron James, who is six fucking nine, ran like a four three in high school, four four. He's two hundred and seventy pounds. 
of pure athleticism that if he played tennis from the day that he was born, that he couldn't be that he wouldn't be the best tennis player in the fucking world. I mean, number one, he'd be serving the ball at like uh, like two hundred miles an hour. They that's, thought they looked at me like I was a fucking two, idiot. I'm like, dude, I need somebody else here that's two, not living underneath this. He has no this. lateral speed. That is basketball. That is defense on basketball. Like it is literally moving horizontally quickly against someone running full speed at you. Like what? On top of it, I mean, maybe you could make an argument for golf. We're like, oh yeah, but even then, get that guy some long clubs if he's fucking grinding golf the way that man practices basketball and puts up a thousand jumpers every day he'd be driving the ball 400 and then just fucking his putting would be down lebron james hand hands down is the greatest athlete i think of am i gonna say all time can i think of anybody else no lebron james greatest athlete of all time combination of size speed lateral quickness strength you don't see that anywhere else Bro, put that guy on a that, football like- field I don't know Bo Jackson well enough to have that conversation or Deion Sanders, but you gotta you gotta you gotta understand oh, that Bo Jackson, let yeah. the, letting them play two sports in like the NFL and the MLB back in the day, bro, that just would never happen in this day and age to digital sports. Like these owners would pre- they gotta protect their investment at all costs. Yeah. With how much more money is a part of these leagues, you'll never see a player go and play multiple sports like that mm-hmm. on like a starting roster. Yeah. So for people that say Bo Jack, like I'm sure that guy was a fucking unit. I, I watched the documentary. I've seen clips. Like absolutely, any one of those three play, like Deion Sanders, Bo Jackson, LeBron James, whatever. But I just I've wanted, dude. I have thought about bringing this up to you on the podcast <laughs> probably like eight times in the last like two months, uh-huh. and I just keep forgetting to do it. Uh-huh. So yo, Mark, Evan, and Rich, if you guys are fucking watching. I will never forget how upset I was that night. That's wild. That's dude, wild. they made me feel like I was claims. fucking crazy. And I'm like, dude, you guys <laughs> yeah. are the ones that are fucking insane. Just imagine LeBron James with 20 years of tennis training serving a tennis ball. Just imagine that. That guy's just overpowering everybody on the court. Bro, you, got, you, got, you see videos of him taking four strides from court to court, from one end to the other. Like Serena Williams in women's tennis. Like, she's so athletically gifted and is trained. I brought up Serena Williams, and I cannot remember for the life of me what their defense was on that. Yeah, but point being, super athletic, dominated the sport. Greatest women's tennis player of all time. You just port that over as LeBron in men's tennis. All right, pick your actor, and then we'll just call it. I'm going to save the pee. Pee stored in the balls. (laughs) My piece stored in my ass. Um, <laughs> Let's go find it. It's in my mouth, actually. Oh my. Okay. Well, that just didn't even make. <laughs> You've been on Discord too much. <laughs> I literally have been. <laughs> been smoking my pen playing while sitting in Discord too much. <laughs> my brain is super. Anyways, uh, I don't really know. I don't. I'm not gonna lie. I don't like the prop. I don't like the. <laughs> I guess you could say. Fuck it, I'll go Henry Cavill, Witcher, Superman. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Isn't it Henry Cavill? Yeah, probably. Yo. But if he's sucking that Witcher potion down while he's Superman, I mean that shit's got to go crazy. Uh, fuck. I just had one last thing that I wanted to say to you. Another prompt. Oh, uh, it's not really a prompt. Um, what's the guy's name from the Bear? And he's on Shameless. Oh, uh, does anybody know his name in here? 
fuck. I'm Off the top it. of their head. The Bear cast. Jeremy Allen White. Jeremy Allen White. All right, listen. My Aunt Liz, uh, she had an obsession with, like, older movies and TV shows. She'd watch Leave it to Beaver, Game Show Network, uh, uh, Brady Bunch, and uh, Willy Wonka, The Chocolate Factory. So I've seen that movie with the original, what was his name? Who played Willy Wonka? Bogey. Ah, fuck. I know it's on the tip of my tongue, dude. <laughs> fuck. Oh, it's going to... Gene... I don't know his last name. Van Dyke? No, that ain't it. Uh, Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder. All right. So the Timothy Chalamet <laughs> trailer that we saw with Willy Wonka. Uh, dude, I think Timothy Chalamet is going to be an incredible actor, and he already is. He's incredible in Dune. I, with the snippets that they showed in the trailer for it, it, it just felt like a little forced, uh, you know, mm -hmm. like his whimsical voice and, you know, just the way that the Willy Wonka has always been played. It just didn't. Uh, maybe it'll be different when I see the movie and I'm there from the jump, but it was very abrasive to me. And I saw somebody on Twitter say that the guy that plays the bear and in Shameless, he would be a great Willy Wonka. He kind of looks like Gene. I was going to say, people are also like, is this Gene Wilder's kid? Yeah, he kind of looks like him. And, bro, I know that, like, in Shameless and the bear, he kind of plays like a, like a sad boy and mm -hmm. a lot of hardship and stuff. But I bet that motherfucker would be electric as Willy Wonka, dude. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for the day that AI exists where I could just plug it in and watch it. Is that a... I don't actually have to get into that. But, um... Yeah, I think Timothy. I'm one movie away from thinking Timothy Chalamet is not a good actor. What did you see that where you thought he wasn't good? Uh, oh God, it's kind of unfair. He's still pretty young. He hasn't been in a ton of stuff yet. I mean, he's like really good in some movies, but other movies just it's just so forced. It's like just like what normal and like The King. He's just like chilling, and then all of a sudden he's just screaming, and I'm just like, all right, dude, like tone, tone it down a little. You bit. You think it could have just been like uh, poor? Uh, he took on a role that he probably shouldn't have been in. I don't know, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. All don't right, know. guys. I got I, I, I literally have to piss more than you could ever understand. Didn't know, bro, I'm not even kidding. I legitimately almost died this morning at the gym. Bro, Haley booked me like two weeks ago to go every day this week. She mm -hmm. was just she takes my phone, she books it for me. She literally takes any decision making out of the process for me, which is great. Like if it's on my calendar, I'll go. Sounds like some uh, personal assistant should be doing. Yeah, well, <laughs> the jury's out on that one. Um, I've only done one cardio day while I've been a member at this gym, so I've been going for like two months. Mm -hmm. And if you go like five days a week, they only want you lifting like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So Tuesdays and Thursdays, you'll do cardio. Mm -hmm. uh, and I did one cardio day, and I was surprised. I'm like, oh, this isn't. It wasn't, it was hard. It was really hard, but it wasn't like what I felt today. Bro, I walked in there and this trainer who just got hired, he's actually leaving. He's there for two weeks and he's going to work for the Spurs. Oh, that's so sad. I was trying to chop it up with him in the first part of my workout because I can actually breathe at that point. <laughs> Bro, I'm not even kidding. I had to do 20, I would go for 60 seconds as hard as I could. On four different uh, cardio machines. They had, like, the Vera Climber, Versa Climber, bro. This thing is fucking hell. Oh, those things are... Rower. That's what LeBron rips. And then that old school bike. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, oh, the fan bike? Yeah, and then the ski one. 
Uh-huh. Brother, 60 seconds on, 60 seconds off, 20 times. I almost fucking died, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. But I did it. Straining for the combine. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, if I really could just grab my little fucking coin purse and do that like five days a week, lift Monday, cardio Tuesday, lift Wednesday, cardio Thursday, and lift Friday. I just did two months, but I only did like three days a week. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'd be in my fucking bag if I could just have the persistence to do it for two months, but that shit almost killed me. It just makes your brain working out even for myself, like minimal workouts, just getting back into it. But it's like my brain just feels so much more clear. Like even sitting here right now. Yeah. Still limited sleep. Only a juvie and a half, and I feel as clear as day. You gotta sleep. There's no point in working out if you're not sleeping. Your body that's when it repairs itself. Yeah, it's just it's wow right now. It's, no. Okay. It's it's cyclical. We'll be all right. Anyways. All right, guys. Well, uh, this is actually a fun episode, man. We got to talk about some serious shit, fuck around a little bit. It's good to be back. We're going to try to keep these consistent as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really have any travel lined up, which is good. So these should be inbound on your subscription pages, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, shit like that, pretty consistently. I do got to tell you, I'm going to go. I'm going. I won't say that because we're going to upload it tomorrow, but I got a trip in September that I got to tell you about. Block it off on the calendar. Okay. Uh, it's work-related. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Good to be back. Thanks for your patience. Thanks for all the congrats once again on the wedding. I've never felt more appreciated by the people that grew up with me, and you guys don't need to do that anymore, but you still show up and deliver every time, dude. I read almost every message that I could find. Uh, It was just an outpour of love and support, and you guys made me feel very whole uh, on one of the most important days of my life. So appreciate y'all. Thank you guys for tuning in. Shout out Joe. Shout out Wally. Shout out Tanner. Shout out Jen, the early morning crew here. Great day. Great episode. We'll catch you guys here for the next one. YouTube. We'll see you fudging later.